Welcome to Get You Fit Radio with your host, Irene Cook, the radio show that keeps you fit and active and helps you lead a healthy, active, and happy lifestyle. Today's show is going to be about myths and fallacies of the fitness and eating world. What you don't know about fitness can hurt you, and it can interfere with your fitness goals. For a safer workout with awesome results, forget everything you think you know about exercise and listen on to hear about the facts and the true facts about fitness. So when I started in this industry, it feels like a million years ago. I I know that there's a lot of hearsay that I would hear among the gym walls and the locker room stalls that I took to heart. And I, I really believe these things. And I know that many of you probably do the same. And I hear them. They, they leak on to me. And I have clients all the time that come to me with these tidbits of information that are false and they make me crazy because they are information that people take to heart and they believe and this inconsistent information is bad advice. Bad advice, outdated information, inconsistent recommendations when it comes to your workout routine should be something that you should consider as bad advice and a huge setback that could get very confusing very, very fast. The explosion of wellness as a mainstream trend has affected some positive change, of course. Healthier options at major restaurants, an influx of boutique fitness studios, and a renewed interest in self-care is amongst them. But the invigorated interest in our health has also opened the floodgates for information, particularly around diet and fitness, that isn't always the most reliable. Now, keep in mind, this this happens in every industry. I mean, you're going to have myths and you're going to have poor, poorly communicated information everywhere. But with fitness and with exercise, because this is my, my field, I hear it and I, I, I cringe. There is so much information floating around about exercise that is sometimes hard to... to to listen to, and it's actually hard to tell fact from myth. And unfortunately for many of us, hearing is believing. Uh, There was actually a survey conducted uh, where 1,000 Americans were asked about gym activities, and they were quizzed about the most common myths that I'm going to discuss today. And astonishingly, 87% of these 1,000 Americans uh, that were quizzed, tested, uh, 
that they they believed that these myths were true. And I'm guessing that many of you are going to also fall into this category. So as I as I accumulated these myths and these fallacies, I came up with the ones that I hear the most. And those of you that are listening um, have are probably thinking of ones that maybe you've heard of, or maybe you don't even consider them myths because you consider them to be facts. So I'm going to start with the very first one that I hear all the time. Is it true that eating past 7 p.m. will cause you to gain weight? Is it true? It is a myth. Myth busters with Get You Fit. If you're just joining in, you are listening to Mythbusters by Get You Fit. It is false. You will not gain weight if you eat past 7 p.m. Now, where did this myth come from? And I, and I really thought hard about this. I believe that this myth came from back when Oprah lost all of her weight the first time or, or back when she, she lost it uh, initially. Um, she really promoted that she did not eat past 7 p.m. And that's what helped her lose weight. Now, I agree with Oprah, and I agree with the theory that if you stop eating past a certain time, you will lose weight. But that has nothing to do with not eating past a certain time. So you need to, to listen and, and follow me on this one. Your body does not know what time it is, okay? It can't tell if it's 3 o'clock or if it's 7 o'clock, all right? It's like watering a plant. If a plant needs water, it doesn't matter if you water it at 5 o'clock, at 6 o'clock, at 7 o'clock, or 8 o'clock. If, if the soil needs water, the soil will absorb that water whenever you water it, correct? The same thing works with your body. So if you are in a caloric deficit and you need to eat and you have not eaten your dinner and you go to eat your dinner and it is 9 o'clock at night, and you consume that food, and you are at your caloric limit for the day, and you go right to bed, you will not gain weight. Does that make sense? So for example, if you are supposed to consume 2,000 calories for the day, and you are only at 1,500, and you eat your dinner at 9 o'clock at night, and you go to bed at 10 o'clock at night, you have not gone over your caloric limit for the day. Therefore, you are not going to gain weight. Understand? Scenario two. Let's just say you are at your caloric limit for the day and you eat your final calories for the day and it is 7 o'clock at night. You're done for the day, correct? Most people after 7 o'clock at night graze on so much food that that causes them to gain weight. So by simply saying that they're not going to eat past 7, that in itself causes them to lose weight. So the misinterpretation there is not that the food itself that they're consuming their dinner is causing them to lose weight. It's all the grazing that they're doing. So so the calories themselves are not going to turn to fat any faster past a certain hour. It is the amount of food that they're consuming past that hour that is turning to fat. So what you need to tell yourself is that you're only going to eat your dinner past 7 p.m., that you're not going to eat everything in sight past 7 p.m. Does that make, does that make a better uh, understanding to that statement and that myth? So if you're one of those people that thinks, oh, it's, it's 6.58, I haven't eaten dinner, I better not eat dinner because it's gonna, this is all going to turn to fat, that's incorrect. Eat your dinner and have that be 
your final meal for the day. That does not mean you could eat your dinner and then have popcorn and then have ice cream and then go rummaging through the cabinets and see what else you can find. Uh, If you're just joining us, we are talking about myths and fallacies of fitness, exercise, and eating. Um, These are misconceptions and uh, wives' tales, urban legends, if you haven't uh, heard of any, and there's so many of them out there. And I'm kind of going through all of them one by one, at least the popular ones. There's so many. The show would have to be three hours long. Um, The next one, fat turns to muscle or muscle turns to fat. So many times people will say, oh, you know, my, 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 my fat, it's turned to muscle, or I don't wanna, I don't wanna stop working out because my, you know, all this muscle is gonna turn to fat. All right, people, listen. Muscle and fat are made up of entirely different types of tissues. One cannot transform one into the other, okay? That's like saying you're turning your bread into your butter. It cannot happen. If you stop working out, your muscle mass will decrease. Yes, that is what's going to happen, but it's not going to turn into fat, okay? The butter is not going to transform into bread. It's just going to melt. Do you understand the difference? The bread will mold. It will not turn into butter. Those are two separate different things. If you start eating bad, your body fat will increase, but one will not transform into the other. So if your personal trainer is telling you that they're going to turn your flab into sculpted muscle, then you either need to find a new trainer or uh, maybe ask them to restate what they're saying, or maybe they're a magician. I don't know. I don't know. But I've never been able to do it, and that is a a myth. That is definitely a myth. Um, Another one, juice cleanses work. Superstar Beyonce, she's, she's known for this 600 calorie per day uh, diet of lemon infused water. I don't know if you guys have heard of this, but it's been around for years. Uh, it's been around since before Beyonce, but basically what it is, it's this maple syrup recipe where you take maple syrup and water and you throw cayenne pepper in it. And, you know, fitness gurus have been using it for years where you just drink it exclusively. That's what you drink every single day. And supposedly it's so great for flushing out these toxins and speeding up your metabolism. And, you know, Beyonce lost weight and people lose weight. And it's just the greatest thing because, oh, my gosh, you it's, it's awesome. You don't even have to cook. All you got to do is make this juice. And OK, so you can just torture yourself for an entire week by drinking maple syrup, lemon juice and cayenne pepper. Doesn't that sound amazing? <laughs> OK. Yes, you will lose weight because you are starving yourself. And and anybody that, that has tried this, yes, you are going to lose weight. But the day is going to come that you are not going to want to drink this anymore. And there is nobody on this earth that will uh, will disagree um, with the fact that, that it is, is unrealistic. So juice cleanses will not work because they are not long-term. And they do not speed up your metabolism. They actually do the opposite. They will slow down your metabolism. Um, the, the purpose for juicing is to give your body a break from digesting. Um, but there is also 
not a reason to give your body a break from digesting. So so those of you that read all this research that says, you know, I want a juice, I want to give my body a break from digesting, it's good to have your body have a break from digesting, ask them, why is that good? Our bodies are not supposed to break from digesting. That is, our bodies are supposed to be functioning, they're supposed to be running, they're supposed to be digesting. So juice cleanses do not work. Next myth, coffee is bad for you. How many people have heard that? Coffee's bad for you. Oh, so many times I hear, am I allowed to have coffee? Is coffee on this diet? Can I have coffee? Is, 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 I, I've heard coffee's bad. Coffee is not bad. Um, I, I'm so relieved to finally uncover the truth behind this myth. Um, I'm not a huge coffee drinker. I enjoy my coffee, but um, a cup of coffee actually holds many health benefits. Coffee is a rich source of cancer-blasting antioxidants, and it's been found that one regular sipping cup of coffee reduces rates of Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease, type 2 diabetes, and depression, um, linking this magical brew to an extended uh, longevity life. And as long as you hold the whipped cream, and don't load up on the sugar and heavy cream, it won't affect your waistline. So as long as it's not some 800-calorie frappuccino with a cookie on top, I think you're good to go. Um, and certainly, you shouldn't be drinking an entire pot of coffee because the amount of caffeine in the coffee um, could affect you if you are drinking too much of that as well. If you're just joining us, you are listening to Get You Fit Radio with Irene Cook, and we are talking about myths and fallacies of fitness and all these misconceptions of things that we hear in the locker room or even even in the in the media, tabloids and social media. WHRULP, again, Get You Fit Radio with Irene, and we're talking about things that people hear that may not be true. Let's talk about some food stuff. Is sea salt better for you than table salt? That's a good one. Regardless what they say, both contain the same amount of sodium. That's roughly 2,300 milligrams per tablespoon. Table salt contains iodine, where sea salt does not. The sea salt does add a little brinier flavor, resulting in less salt use overall. So if you do use sea salt, you don't need to use as much. So that is the only benefit to using the sea salt. Himalayan pink salt has become very popular. You may have seen it. It's out and about everywhere, but it is still salt. Use it sparingly. If you put it all over your french fries, the French fries are still French fries. They will not magically make your French fries healthy. I repeat, your French fries will still be French fries. So be careful with that. I was watching a commercial a while back. Um, it was for a fast food chain, and they had hand-cut sea salt French fries. And I thought, well, isn't that just they, they, they made it sound so healthy because they're hand cut and they're sea salt 
French fries. So just the words handcut made it sound so much healthier because somebody was handcutting them. And do you really think that somebody was back there cutting a, a hundred thousands of pounds of French fries for this fast food chain by hand? And it didn't matter that they're sea salt. It's still salt. And if you overconsume salt, you're still overconsuming salt. So it doesn't matter what kind of salt is on there as long as you don't have too much of it. Here's another one. Eggs are bad for you because of the cholesterol. Debunked. Debunked. For years, eggs have gotten the bad rap for causing high cholesterol in people. But did you know that recently it has been proven that the cholesterol in eggs does not really raise the cholesterol in the blood? In fact, eggs primarily raise the good cholesterol, and it is not associated as a risk of heart disease. And this is a study that just came out. This is a study that just recently came out. Eggs are, in fact, one of the most nutritious foods available. They are high in all sorts of nutrients, along with unique antioxidants that protect our eyes. And to top it all off, despite being a high-fat food, eating eggs for breakfast is proven one that will help lose weight. Because the fat in a yolk is a healthy fat, and it is one that I encourage my clients to use as part of their diet. Um, I don't, however, think that eating an omelet with six egg yolks is is smart. I typically will tell my clients that using uh, one or two egg yolks in their uh, omelets is appropriate, and that is the uh, recommended amount of fat and cholesterol that should be uh, implemented in their daily use. So if you are an egg lover, good news. You're safe with cholesterol. Uh, this one here, this one, this one gets me and and I have Dr. Dr. Atkins to thank for this one. Carbs are bad for you. We live in a society that is carbophobic. Um, Dr. Atkins, if you don't know who he is, he is a uh, actually cardiologist who developed the Atkins diet um, and the Atkins diet is what started and, and began the whole pioneered the whole low carb eating trend that now has started the keto diet and all sorts of other South Beach diets. And it does work. Uh, Taking carbohydrates out of your diet will help you lose weight. But carbs are not bad for you. And low carb eating is not the only way to lose weight. In fact, uh, it does work, but it is not sustainable, in my opinion. And although it it is a way to lose weight, uh, people that feel that they can go long-term without complex carbohydrates, breads, fruits, um, pastas, rices, can stay on this type of diet, that's fine. But realistically, uh, people that cannot go long-term without these things are not going to be able to sustain a diet like this. Carbs are not bad for you. Um, Even too many carbs aren't bad for you. What people are trying to say when they say carbs are bad for you is that eating the wrong carbs are bad for you. So so what I want to clarify here is that eating sugars, eating an overabundance of bad carbs like a plate full of brownies or cookies, um, those things are bad for you. 
uh, incorporating whole wheat and incorporating rice and pasta and sweet potatoes and a lot of these amazing complex carbs into your diet will actually enhance your weight loss. Um, there, there is nothing worse for me than when I get a brand new client and I send them their meal plan and they right away text me or call me and they say, there's tomatoes on this this salad. I I, I thought I, I thought I can't have t- corn and tomatoes, and they're they're all upset because they've thought they there's tomatoes and corn and carrots, and and I think to myself, oh, here's a carbophobic person, you know, and and half the time the person has fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty pounds to lose, and you know they're worried about a few carrots on their salad, and clearly they've they've been eating far worse than that, and. And it makes me sad because carrots and tomatoes are not what got them there. And they're missing out on so much because they've been misled. So the recommended amount of carbs that an actual uh, safe safe place is about 20 to 30 grams um, in each meal. Um, and that is just a starter and everybody's different. But just to put it into perspective, on the Atkins diet or low-carb low keto diet, you're only allowed 20 grams a day. So so it's it's really, really restrictive for people that are on low-carb diets. And carbs are not bad for you. And anybody that's on any of my meal plans um, or any meal plan that they have uh, been successful at are shocked at how your body actually starts burning fat productively when you give it the right amount of carbohydrates. All right, couple more. Let's do a couple exercise ones, shall we? Um, cardio machines at the gym—they give you accurate readings. Wrong. Uh, the last elliptical machine that I went on for a half hour and told me I burned 600 calories—so wrong. Uh, again, I don't know who set these up. I don't know if that's part of their uh, marketing or uh, wanting people to feel more accomplished, but. Typically, uh, an average 150-pound person will only burn about 100 calories for every 10 minutes of cardio. So keep that as a guideline. Um, if you get on the elliptical for 30 minutes, you're looking at about 300 calories. So if you uh, are going by the amount of calories that your Fitbit is saying or that your Apple Watch is saying or your cardio equipment is saying, you cannot live by that. Use it as a guide. So often people will go by those calories and then they will stop off at some cafeteria somewhere and get some smoothie that is filled with far more calories than what they just think they burned. And then we have a problem. And and this is where these setbacks come in. So don't think that the amount of calories you burnt is accurate on the equipment or your fitness watches because often it's not. Google, Google it. That is your best bet. Uh, Google is usually spot on for that. Sit-ups will get you a six-pack. I'm going to end with that one. Will sit-ups get you a six-pack? No. The only thing that will get you a six-pack, you ready? Six-pack are made in the kitchen. That's right. The only way you're going to get a six-pack, you guys, is by eating right. You could do sit-ups until your face turns purple. But if you're putting sea salt on those 
french fries and you are not paying attention to those calories, there's going to be so many layers of unwanted fat covering those muscles in your stomach that no one's going to see that six-pack. So abdominal muscles will help tone your tummy, but you have to watch what you put in your mouth or that six-pack will never shine. Strengthening your core involves doing exercises that include more than just regular sit-ups. You need to do cardio to trim off that fat so that we can see those beautiful muscles. You have to do whole body conditioning to shape the muscles around your back. And of course, like I just said, you have to eat right. Make sure that your diet is on check because if you're not eating right and you're carrying extra body fat, you're never going to see what's underneath. I so often hear that. I want a six pack. I want to see those muscles again. I want to see those muscles again. I want to get into that two piece. I want to see my bikini body again. Nothing will get you there without getting the program dialed in and you need everything to be just right. Diet, exercise, and of course, mindset. Too much cardio is not bad for your heart. Cycling and running will not make your butt big. It's another one I hear all the time. Lifting weights will not make you bulky. You would have to lift weights the size of a car, and, and you'd have to lift them all day long, and you'd have to eat massive amounts of protein. You shouldn't do the weight same workout twice in a row. I hear that one all the time. That's incorrect. You shouldn't do the same workout twice in a row every day for a year. But if you did the same workout twice in a row, your body is not going to reject it. You are fine doing the same workout twice in a row. But what you more importantly need to do is understand that you shouldn't believe everything you hear because there's so many myths and there's so many fallacies out there. And like I said, if something doesn't sound right to you, check it out. Get on Google feel things out, get the facts down. Because like I said, a lot of this information might seem real and the person telling you it might be a reliable source, but it might be outdated. And I would really hate for you to skip dinner because it's 6.58 and you think you couldn't have it. And I'd really hate for you to be putting sea salt all over everything, thinking you're doing something good when you're really just not understanding the facts. So I hope I brightened your day today with some sunshine, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. This is Get You Fit Radio with Irene Cook. Let's go. Make no excuses now. 